，系你准备平安。Peace be to you, brothers and sisters. 北极运交九极运是全教会性嘅顶嘅运动。From August to September is the church-wide campaign for family。你嚟对乜事创造者设计 ？And our topic is the master's design。你冇做为创造者 ？We have a creator。以创造了人 ，He created us。要为人设立了婚姻及家庭。And he he had designed family and marriage for us。去每一个家庭嘅成员有无上嘅责任及本嚟角色。And in his master's design, each member Of the family have their own responsibilities and positions. And in the succeeding Sunday worship, we will go through each one of them. And also, these sermons will be discussed. Will become the topic of our discussion for our own life groups. But the message that I'll be sharing, 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 but the message that I'll be Message. It's the master's design for families. Text can be found in Genesis 2:18 to 25. The family is the most basic unit in society. If the family is well, then our church will be well. If the church is well, then society will be okay. And if the society is okay, then our country will be well. But if the opposite happens, if there are problems in the family, then there will be problems in the church. If there are problems in church, and it will influence. The whole society. When our society has problems, then we will have big problems in our nation. Here, the history had already taught us something very clear. The fall of the Roman Empire started with the demise of their family unit. That's why it's we know that the family is very important. But the start of a family is also the start of marriage. When a man and a woman unites, in their union they'll come up, they'll establish a family. And when the when the children arrives, when they have children, the family becomes bigger. And if the family gets married, then you'll have to establish relationships. Relationships with your in-laws. You'll have daughter-in-laws, son-in-laws, and other and the parents of the in-laws. So this is extended family. Then we'll have the extended family. So this relationship, the relationship becomes broader and becomes more complex. But the root of everything boils down to the family. So that's why we have to ask this very important initial question. Why do men get married? There's a Chinese saying. Men must marry when they grow up. Women must marry when they grow up. 
It means when you grow up, when you mature, it's natural for you to get married. But if, is that truly the case? Not, it's not always the case. Because marriage is something that, has, that God has pre-prepared for us human beings. It is not something that human beings came out by themselves with. When God created the first man, Adam, out of the clay, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. That's why he, God created the, a perfect helper for man. And from his ribs, God created a woman named Eve. And from that day on, one man, one woman, one husband, one wife, forever. This became the basis of marriage. Today's society will find so many uh, chaotic things about marriage. And they have not followed the blueprint or, or God's design for marriage. Can we do that? Of course you can. But your marriage will not be blessed by God. That's why the, 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 we find that more and more marriage are failing. That's why we need to go back to the Bible. And, and to see what's, what is God's original plan or design for marriage is. We thank God. God has already given us the blueprint for marriage. Today's message may be challenging for you. Because what I will be telling you will be a bit different from our Eastern culture. Let, please remember this is not my opinion this is the truth as found in the Bible today I'll uh, share with you two uh, very important points the first point God's blueprint for marriage the second the mystery of God's design on marriage the first let's talk about God's blueprint for Marriage. In Genesis 2.24, that's why a man leaves his father and his mother, mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. This is the blueprint for marriage. There are two very important keys there. To leave and to be united. Or as we commonly call it, leave and cleave. These are two very important concepts of marriage. The, the married couple, they must first leave their parents. Only then can, be, then can they be uh, united together. So the first thing, leave one's parents. The Bible tells us that the man has to leave his father and mother and, and to, be, to be united with his wife, then the two will become one flesh. And the very 
uh, first, um, the most important and very first step for marriage is for us to leave our parents. Of course, this is completely different from our Eastern way of thinking. In fact, in, in fact there is conflict between these two uh, concepts. Because we love to live together. We want to see multi-generational uh, families in one roof. This because it's very festive. How then can we tell people to leave their parents? Then they'll say it's not it's not part of uh, being a, a, a respectful or, or filial piety. But we have to understand what it means to leave our parents. To leave our parents doesn't mean we don't love our parents. To leave our parents doesn't mean we don't take care of them. To leave our parents doesn't mean we don't respect our parents. But to leave our parents means to be to learn how to become independent. We are not a little child anymore. We are married. We need to take responsibility for ourselves, for our family, and for our, our children. That's why the first thing we need to do is to leave our parents. Because if you will never learn how to leave your parents, you will never learn how to be truly independent. There are three aspects that we need to leave. The first, physically we need to leave. After getting married, it's best if you don't live with your parents. Unless your parents are in critical need of your care. Then later on, we'll, we'll discuss more about this later on. The the Bible always emphasizes that we honor our parents. That's why in Deuteronomy 5.16 Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God had commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This is the fifth commandment in the Ten Commandments. If you are to divide the Ten Commandments into two parts, the first four talks about uh, our relationship with God. Well, from, first, uh, from fifth, the fifth commandment to the tenth commandment, it's our relationship with other men. And among the interpersonal relationship commandments, the first one is uh, commanding us to honor our parents. That's why we know the emphasis that the Bible has placed upon us to honor our parents. If that is the case, then why then do we leave our parents? In fact, uh, as parents and children, they have three stages of relationship. The first stage is, is before marriage. We must obey our parents. This is the time when we honor our parents in the Lord and we submit to them in the Lord. The second stage during the early stage of our marriage. And I personally feel that this 
would be about a period of five years. We must leave our parents. It's best that you don't live with them. Because during this time, it's for the husband and the wife to establish their family and their values in truth. How to become a husband. How to be the wife. How to become parents. And they should not be influenced by other people. Including our parents. I'm not saying that our parents are not good. I believe all our parents are good. But sometimes because out of their abundance of concern, they would try to influence us with what they think is right. Maybe it's not a question about what is true or not. It's a matter of opinion or differences in opinion. So during this period of time, it's best that we leave our parents. That a husband and wife will just live, live by themselves. And they have to live in their own world. When they have uh, their child, they have to learn how to become parents and to raise their children in the truth of God's word. They should not be influenced by their grandparents. But there's this third stage. It's the latter stage of our marriage. Maybe during this time we need to take care of our parents. Maybe during this time, our parents are well advanced in their age. And they would need uh, us as their children to take care of them. If it's possible, we need to invite our parents into our home and to take care of them. Well. But in case, if this, it's not, uh, the scenario is not possible, and we need to send our parents to the home for the aged, I'm not truly opposed to this but remember this don't abandon them and just leave them there in the home for the aged you have to constantly in, in, in several days in a week to visit them if your parents live with you it's, there's no problem there because during that time they will not uh, they will not meddle in our affairs anymore. It's us who is trying to look after them. So they will no longer be able to influence the way we establish our family. This is the first kind of leaving. Physically. Physical leaving. The second is to leave from them financially. After getting married, we need to be independent financially. We should not be dependent on our parents for our finances. Because if you are still dependent upon your parents financially, you will never become independent. I'm not saying that parents are not good. Just imagine all your finances comes from your parents. Then they still have the authority to talk and to command you. And if I if I tell you, if they tell you to do something, would you not obey them? 
。我是到今仔已经结婚了。My eldest daughter is now married。当然，伊伫经济上面，我无无未可能无条件去 support 伊来啦。I will no longer、uh, support them unconditionally。Uh, financially. 当然啦，我需要，我当然帮助你啦。Of course, if there are special needs, I would help her. 你爸母应该要关心家己啦。Because as parents, we all we are always concerned about our children. 但你我今仔未看出个时阵。But before my child got married, 我今日有讲大家发生真趣味。I remember one thing that、uh, took place that I find、uh, amusing. 我今摆我甲比萨甲出去一个一个某去买物件。One time I went to the mall to、uh, with her to buy some things. 收到耶，我讲个 principal. And we have we met her、uh, school principal. 这个这个校长讲，哦，你叫你爸爸来买物件。And the principal remarked, "Oh, you're you're here with your、uh, your dad to buy things." 我见那个校长讲一句诶。And my child answered. 伊讲好。Said yes. She said yes. 伊讲我伊讲我 visa card. She's my、uh, he's my visa card. 好就笑啊。And the principal laughed. 伊结婚了了啦。But now she's married. 当然我无讲了，我查出伊 visa card 了。I'm no longer her visa card. 因为结婚的人哦。Because when you're married, 需要在经济顶面学习，家己独立，家己处理。You need to learn how、uh, how to be responsible for your finances and to become independent. 第三款的离开。The third kind of leaving is to leave from them emotionally. Before marriage, you know, carry the baby mother and the child together. When the parents and the ch-、uh, children live together, so then the emotion, then the emotions are always connected, connected together. So our emotions are always intertwined. It's always connected. Because then, ah, happy lo, 忧愁lo, 生气lo, 真容易表达的出来。Because it's easy for us to express our happiness, our joy, our sorrow, our anger. In front of each other. But after getting married, we have to learn how to not show these much、uh, emotions、uh, publicly anymore. Uh, to put it simply, after getting married, if you have problems with each other, with your、uh, with, among your、uh, among the spouse, then you need to resolve that conflict by yourself. If there are emotional conflicts, don't go home and complain and tell on your parents. Don't go home and complain. About their spouse. We need to learn how to solve and resolve our own emotional problems. Unless this is a major problem. But in fact, in this world, who among us who are married will have no problems? I've been married for 31 years. Even now, we will have. I still have differences in opinion and the way we look things on things with my wife. The Bible tells us iron sharpens iron. It's like the two irons are two steel rubbing together. But after rubbing for so long, you would have. A sharpened knife. The same way. Then the couple can slowly, slowly, iron sharpen iron. Then the couple, 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 couple. We grow, grow more intimate emotionally with our with our spouse when we learn how to sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron. You know, out of our mundane, we don't get out of it. You don't get the opportunity to iron sharpen iron. Because every time you have a problem, you run home and complain to your parents, and you will have. Have no opportunity to sharpen each other. What? 
You will not grow deeper and more intimate emotionally. That's the first thing. We need to leave our parents. On the second point, we need to cleave or to be united with our with our wife or our spouse. To leave our parents, the main objective is for us to cleave with our partner. That's why this uh, cleaving is a second uh, 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 key to marriage. There are four different aspects in our marriage in which we should be united with our spouse. The first is it's in the area of our, of our spiritual life. This is the most important kind of un, uh, being united in. Sometimes a church will tell the brothers and sisters we need to get married with fellow Christians. Why is this? Uh, why do we encourage this? We are not saying non-Christian people are not good. Maybe they will, they, uh, the, these non-Christians will be very kind in all different aspects. They'll probably be very attractive. They'll be highly educated and highly intelligent. They'll be very educated and very uh, talented. But, but spiritually they are dead. Their spiritual life is dead. That's why it's impossible for a Christian and non-Christian to be united spiritually. Imagine. How do we talk to a person who's dead? And how will that dead person respond? You who are Christian before we became Christians we were dead to our sins and trespasses there's no way for us to communicate with them properly so that's why the future you will have a lot of conflicts in the areas of values let's say for the in the area of tithing or in the area of worship or in the areas of raising our children and the method of how to do it. Let me tell you. You will have you will encounter a lot of conflicts. You you like to give tithes. And the person that your spouse will refuse. She, uh, the person will laugh at you. You are so dumb. We worked so hard and then you'll just give a tenth of it for tithing. And on Sunday you want to go and worship and the person will refuse. We have worked so hard from Monday to Saturday and you're so dumb to wake up so early on Sunday morning to go to church and worship. Just sleep more. Go and have fun. That's uh, when we raise our children. Your method and his or her method will be different. So what will happen? Spiritually, you'll find that you'll be going on the opposite direction. You will never be united there. 
讲。So the first thing， 婚姻需要 husband and wife 需要好，在灵性里面需要联合起来。We need to cleave together spiritually。第二呢 ？The second， 你这个叫做感，就是 emotional， 你这个感情里面联合起来。In our emotions， we need to be united。头先咪讲是我讲。And a while ago I said， 那那那那结婚结婚以后就需要。个爸爸妈妈，这个 emotion 是个是个 detach 咯，唔是个连慢很深咯。We need to detach ourselves a bit emotionally from our parents。你想讲你哋丈夫太太的感情里面较深咯。But in,、uh, instead we should invest in growing more intimate with our husband or our wife。我我谂我哋嘅亲戚咩问 ？Somebody asked me this、uh, very interesting question。你讲啦，结婚以后嗰个。And the person has said after married。诶，即系我介绍咗叫做真扎好，叫做 opposite 异性嘅朋友喎。Is it good for Me to still have a good relationship with the opposite sex. For example, as husband, oh, this really good friend. We'd have this very close female friend. For a wife, we'll have this very close relationship with a, a male. Is it okay? 我系答案是未最。My answer is no。我我我唔是 conservative 啊，我唔是保守。I'm not trying to be, I'm not being conservative。那你即系继续完全有继续 opposite fan， yes。Yes， it's okay for us. It's allowable, allowable for us to still have friends from the opposite sex。但是， but。未追各户亲密的异性嘅朋友 ，but it should not be very close. The, there should be no close emotions. 因为你嘅丈夫、你嘅太太是你唯一第一亲密嘅异性朋友。Because your husband or your wife should become your closest emotional friend. You know why? You know why? 因为当这个人啊 ，because when this person， 个不然我这个叫做 emotional attachment 是以后啊。When you have a, this emotional attachment with another person， 这个是非常非常危险嘅信号。This is a very dangerous. Signal. Don't look、uh, at yourself and become overconfident. Don't think that you're free from temptation. No, 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 no. No. The temptations,、uh, temptation will always be there. So, good husband and good wife, that's why good husband and a good wife, they should become good friends. That's why they need to be united emotionally. Third, they need to be united financially. So after getting married, you should not be very. Possessive with in in terms of your finances. Don't say this is my money and that's your money. There's this crisis. Uh, going on in marriage today. I'm not saying we should not have our own finances. But it means that、uh, all I'm saying is we should not be very adamant in splitting、uh, who owns certain amount of money. You know why? You know why? Because Jesus said, "Where your heart is,、uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Your heart will go after where your money is. So you call the the dollar, the same the follow. So where you when you see your money going that direction, your heart will follow. So if you divide your money among、uh, among the spouses very clearly, your heart will not be there. I There are people who are afraid that their finances will be either with the husband or with the wife completely. They are afraid to be swindled. 
But the most basic uh, thing that we need to have in marriage is trust. trust. If you cannot have faith, you cannot trust your partner. There's this red flag on your marriage. I've been married for 31 years. All the accounts that I have are joint accounts. Many, many years ago. Because of this certain need. I went to Hong Kong to, uh, to open an account. But I, but I included my wife's name in that account. So even that account is a joint account. Because I don't say the money is yours or mine, but I say it's ours. May the Lord help us. We don't have to be very, uh, very strict in our div- uh, division of money. We need to be united financially. And the last one, physically, we need to be united. Of course, when we talk about this, we're talking about sexual relationship. This is the thing that, that the world focuses on most on most of the time they don't care about spirituality emotional or financial aspect they just want to uh, focus on this physical aspect but in truth but this is the shallowest among the uh, unity because after a period of time after a few years maybe after 10 years you, you might find your partner not being able to satisfy your needs anymore then you would find and try to find for another partner you find for an, uh, look for another man or another woman so may the Lord help us the most important I'm not saying that our physical state is not important. But our spiritual, emotional, and financial aspect takes precedence over our physical. But in all these four aspects, we need to be united. So may the Lord help us. There are these two very uh, important principles for us. To leave our parents and to cleave with our spouse. To leave and to cleave. This is the blueprint of marriage. On the second point, well, let's look at the mystery of God's design on marriage. Look at Ephesians 5 31 and 32. For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ to and the church. I don't know if you still remember. Last year, I used 15 Sundays to talk about uh, this uh, topic of this uh, book of Ephesus. Ephesians, rather. And my topic then was new humanity. In Christ, we are a new creation. 
When I talked about Ephesians 5:15 to 5:21, 只有讲到这个叫做属灵灵里面这个生活。I'm talking, I discuss with you about how to live in the spirit. 因为那是新造的人。Because we are a new creation. 上帝灵在里面。God's spirit lives in us. 那你继续讲叫做灵灵里面的生活。And we are living a spiritual life. 那讲了以后。So after talking about this, 如果说是你过招二十二则。In Ephesians 5:22, until chapter 6, verse 9, talks about family life. How to become a husband and wife? How to be a father, a mother, a child? How about the mas- being a master and how to be a servant or a slave? And, the, and talks about the, all the different roles and responsibilities of a family. But everything should be established in chapter five, verse fifteen to twenty-one. It starts with your spiritual life. And everything. Starts with our submission to God. If we don't submit to our Creator, and we don't submit ourselves and conform ourselves to the Master's design for us, then our marriage will not have a good result. A while ago, I said. We see how chaotic marriage and how bad marriage is in this world today. Your same-sex marriage. There are a lot of freak, uh, freakish and strange things happening in marriage. Is this is uh, permissible? And people will say, "This is my choice." Yes, this is your choice. Of course, this is your free choice. But these kind of marriage are not the ones that are established in the Lord. It'll not have a good ending. But then, let me tell you, marriage. It's not about two person. But rather, it's the relationship of these two people with God. I don't know if you have seen this before, but there's this message about the triangle of marriage. This is very simple. So on the bottom part, you'll see a husband and a wife. While on top is God. So it's a husband and wife with God. We want God. So it's a husband and wife with one God. Let just look at this. If the husband and the wife draws near to God, draw near, draw near to God. You would see that the distance between the husband and wife grows shorter. So it means that when your vertical relationship with God becomes shorter, then your horizontal relationship with each other becomes shorter also. On the opposite. When the husband and the wife both are apart of and afar from the Lord, then their relationship with each other will also be afar. <laughs> so this is the triangular relationship in marriage. This marriage is our is the relationship of two people with God. Why did God establish marriage? 
God's purpose in establishing marriage is for us to learn the lesson of love and to know Him better. Because marriage is a symbolic for our relationship, the relationship between Christ and the church. It's a relationship between Christ and the believers. There's and there's this Hebrew word I like to teach you. It's called yada. Yada. The word yada means to know. But in uh, there's another uh, very important meaning to the word yada, the definition there is sexual relationship. It means there's this close, intimate sexual relationship between the husband and the wife. So knowing God, it's just like the intimate sexual relationship between the husband and the wife. That's why Paul said this is the great mystery. It means that I cannot explain this clearly. A husband loves the wife. Just like Christ loves the church. And the church should submit to Christ. Just like the wife submits to the husband. Everything is established in love. But let me ask you, in what areas can we uh, practice or learn love? It's in our marriage and in our family. I believe that those of among us who are already married, we understand this. Especially for those who are already parents among us, you would know this and understand this even more. You know why? You know why? Because the part of marriage that refines us most is when we are willing to deny ourselves. It's in this area that we learn how to love. Because love is self-denial. Love is sacrifice. Maybe sometimes for the sake of our spouse, for the sake of our children, we, we need to let down our own ego. And we need to lose some face. You know, I've been married for 31 years. Before I got married, I felt like I was a very uh, loving person. Because after I became a Christian, I really used all my might and all the effort that I can to help other people. In the past, I was a very selfish person. But after I became a Christian but God created in me a generous spirit a generous heart so I tried my best to help other people so I said to myself I'm a very loving person until I got married only then did I realize how shallow my uh, loving heart is I've, I just realized 
that the person I love the most is not the other person but myself. The first time I encountered this, after I got married, we went out to, uh, to have a, a meal with my wife. During that time, we don't have any children yet. So it's, it was just the two of us, me and my wife, having lunch. And I remember this very clearly. On the table, uh, there is, there, uh, we had a dish of chicken. And there are two pieces of chicken there. One piece was very big. And the other piece was small. So after praying, I looked at it. Without any second thought, I took out the big piece and I started eating it. So after biting it a few times, I believe that it was the spirit who talked to me in my heart. It's just the two of you and you took the biggest piece. How come you did not leave the bigger piece for your wife? And I just realized that as a person, I truly love myself the most. And I need to learn how to truly love. So in the past 31 years, I'm learning. There are times that I would improve and become better. There are times that I would fail and regress. But in marriage, I learned how to continually love. I've been a parent for 28 years. And I often think of myself as a good father. Because I worked hard and I tried my best to meet all the needs of my family. And I took care of the needs of my children. Whatever their needs may be, I tried my best to meet that need. And as my children uh, grew up, and as they grew up, they dare to, uh, to talk to you and to say things to you. And only then did I realize there, I have a lot of shortcomings to my children that I did not realize. And through my children, I learned how to become a better husband because of what they're telling me and how to become a better father. There's a saying in the Bible. Children are God's inheritance for the parents. We can all, 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 uh, we can define that inheritance as a gift. Children are our inheritance. They are also God's gift. Truly, they are God's gift. You know, if, if you don't have children. We will not never truly learn how to become a good husband and a good father. Today, I'm sharing with you these two very important principles. These are very, two very important principles in family and in marriage. We need to go back to God's original design and plan for marriage and to establish our family according to the blueprint set by the Lord. 
understand the mystery that God has uh, in his plan for our marriage. And it's for us to learn how to love each other and from loving each other we learn to know God. That we can reflect God's glory in our family. In our small group this week. Let's learn and let's discuss about this. We should not be embarrassed to share our problems with our life group members. And we encourage each other and we help prop each other up. And we use God's original design, God's master design to establish our family and our marriage. May the Lord bless you. Next week, let's look at God's master plan or design for the wife. Let's meet again next week. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. That we can have this church-wide campaign on family on the month of August and September. That we can go back to you, Lord. And to know your master's design. Today we've learned two very important principles. Maybe it will clash with our the way we, we think and the, with our, our culture. But Lord, this world is very chaotic. It's because we have departed from your principles principles and from your design. Instead, we try to establish our own family and our, our, our own marriage with our own plans. It's time, Lord, for us to change through this week's message, through our discussions in our life group this week. Help us to truly learn, not only to understand, but to be able to apply it in our family. That we can truly reestablish ourselves to become a family, a member of a family or a marriage that truly conforms to your design. And, and we just entrust these two months into your hands, Lord. And this, these two months will become a source of blessing and a source of encouragement and help for our families. Thank you, Lord. Uh, hear our prayers. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay? Next week, let's look at God's master design for the wife. Let's meet again next week. God bless. God bless.